Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. This is episode number 48, and today we have a large amount of topics to be going over. We're sorry that we ended up missing you guys last week. Uh, we ended up having an issue with our podcast hosting platform that made us not be able to upload an episode, so uh, we finally got that all figured out, and we're going to be back at you guys every Wednesday like before, and we're going to start uploading more of the instant reaction podcast that we usually put on YouTube onto Apple Podcasts as well, just for you guys to go ahead and check out. But today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about Allen Robinson getting a concussion and being out for the Saints game, why the Bears offense is so bad, who should replace Matt Nagy if the Bears end up firing him, some free agents in 2021 that the Bears must look to sign, and previewing the Saints game for next Sunday night. But before we get in the show, we wanted to thank you guys so much for joining us once again. Uh, We have a lot of plans coming in the near future, and our post consistency is going to be going up very shortly. So stick with us right now. This has been a busy time. We're trying to figure out ways to innovate for you guys. So unfortunately, we're not able to get you guys as much content, but we have big plans in the future that are going to be very, very exciting. So with that, everyone, thank you so much and bear down. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. I'm your host, Austin. Reese, how are you doing this week? Doing pretty good. You know, I mean, it's, uh, I guess it was tough rebounding from, you know, that game, but, you know, it was... uh, it was a tough Monday night, and you know I think we we did pretty good on a reaction podcast to you know kind of get the feelings <laughs> that you know we had about the game, and you know I think that you know throughout the week it was very it uncut. S- yeah, it's settled in me a bit, but still not happy with where the team's at right now, and you know I guess other things are going better, so that's what's keeping me up. You know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, man, that was uh, that was a brutal loss. It was one of those where the Bears got their butt kicked for 60 minutes straight. Not a whole ton of hope there. Uh, so this reaction po- or this actual weekly podcast is actually going to be very future oriented. Um, yes, the Bears still have an opportunity to be good this year, but at the end of the day, I think our best opportunities are coming in the future, uh, especially with potentially having draft picks, being able to draft a quarterback, tons of opportunity there. But first, let's get over with the quick news. Allen Robinson, he has a concussion and will n- probably not be able to play this week. Um, everyone saw that pretty brutal hit he took, which one could have probably argued it was a defenseless receiver hit, but... You know, it is what it is at that point. But, um, yeah, that's that's a big blow to this offense. Yeah, I mean, no kidding. I mean, he's really been the best, you know, weapon on this offense pretty much all season long, although maybe hasn't been as consistent as he has been in the past, as long with, like, catching balls and kind of getting balls ripped out of his hands so far this year. But, you know, still in an offense that's kind of really struggling to, to find any kind of rhythm, it's tough when your number one target goes out to – to really try to build and correct that so i mean anthony miller darnell mooney they really got to step up to the plate and and help you know recover and made up what's lost i'm really not sure who's going to be able to to take over and kind of fill in that that kind of gap that Allen robinson has because you know the bears don't really have many other wide receivers other than you know someone like riley ridley that kind of have like those kind of traits and, and route running ability i guess you'd say yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, something that is going to be very difficult to uh, address for this week coming forth. I'm guessing it's going to be Javon Wims who, or Javon Wims, sorry, I get everyone in the comments always mad at me for mispronouncing his name. Uh, Javon Wims, he, uh, he's 
probably going to be the main replacement, and I don't think that's really a great thing. You know, he's good enough, but uh, people are going to be really able to dial in into, as you said, with uh, Darnell Mooney. So that's a concern, and, you know, with an already struggling offensive line if receivers have a hard time getting open uh that's going to be a major hit this next coming week we're going to get more into talking about the saints game uh, this but the saints don't have the best backfield so i'm not overly concerned about receivers getting open but still nonetheless a pretty big hit uh so let's just move on to our first topic then of the day uh, why is this offense so bad and we we addressed this a little bit uh in, in in the week prior in this you know past reaction podcast but after you know kind of letting things sit I think that we can probably take a less emotional look at it. Um, Reese, why don't you go ahead? What, what do you think the main problem, the very first problem, the problem that's affecting everything else on this team is? I mean, I think it starts mostly with the offense, really just not being able to find, you know, rhythm. I, I, I think that's mm-hmm. really just um, the main thing is they can't really sustain drives. They can't continually have long scoring drives. They really kind of struggle when they're pinned back in their own end at all. Mm-hmm. And it's because they can't, you know, continually move the football. I mean, uh, fortunately it's not as bad as last year where it seems like they're always having three and outs, but you know, it's like a first down or two and then things kind of seem to sputter out. Um, either it's, you know, uh, some kind of penalty or, you know, a run that stopped in the backfield, some kind of negative play. And, you know, I blame that on coaching. I blame that on Nagy. Um, you know, obviously he's taking a lot of flack for, you know, his play calling ability, especially after this last game. And, you know, both the losses have been pretty ugly. They suffered a lot of the same issues in that Colts game. So I think it really just comes down to, you know, establishing offensive rhythm and, and a lot of that comes down to play calling and just not really fitting, you know, the strengths of the offense. I know that there's a bad offensive line, but, you know, Nagy really needs to do his best to work around that to the best of his ability. And right now what he's doing isn't working. Yeah, you know, I would probably say, you know, as far as everything goes, I would say the ma- first and foremost, the major problem, you know, is quarterback, but outside of that, it's going to be offensive line. I don't know if I blame, I do blame Nagy for a lot and a lot of lack of rhythm and a lot of different issues, but the pure, I think his play calling would look a lot better if he had the pieces to play call in the way he wants to. He's someone who's very like, wants to have some sort of, he wants to develop a rhythm, but he, he, he can't do it when he doesn't have all the pieces he quote unquote needs. He's not good at coaching a team with a lack of talent at offensive line. So I think that if we had an improved offensive line and had an improved quarterback, I don't think his play calling would actually look all that bad, but it's because of the situation that he's in that his play calling looks pretty horrendous and he tries to force everything and everything seems so forced on every single play. He wants to be a play caller that develops uh, future plays off of current plays and have all different types of um, really give the defense a bunch of different types of looks and also try to run the ball even when they know you're going to run the ball. And, you know, good for him, good good for Matt Nagy for being that type of play caller because that's difficult to be and that's typically play callers who – uh, play callers who want the defense to adjust to them are typically the play callers that are pretty successful in this league. But when it comes to also, he doesn't really have the awareness of what his team has and what his team's strengths are. So it's those two competing factors that, you know, really cause an issue. And we, you know, we put out the video that Matt Nagy should probably be fired. And 
You know, I think now after sitting on it, I'm a little bit more on the fence, but ultimately I'm still, you know, I'm still for it. But if we kept him another year and see how it played out with, you know, potentially new quarterback, an actual offseason with full draft capital and full picks and everything like that, uh, I, I would be I'd be willing to wait that out potentially. My, I think my number one thing is is that he's been coaching this team for this is his third season now. And mm-hmm. I think you have to look at what improvements have occurred from the first season to the third season. And in my opinion, mm-hmm. the team has re- regressed. You know, I think they've yeah, regressed. It I think has, they've absolutely. taken steps backwards. I, I think that, you know. But is that, some, is that because he's figured out? Or do you think that's because of the huge offensive line dip in 2019? I mean, I think the offensive line has something to do with it. I mean, there's no Mm -hmm. way that, you know, your offensive efficiency is going to be very dependent on how, you know, good your offensive line is, you know, both in run blocking and pass pro. Absolutely. But I do think at the same time, yeah, you said that he doesn't have much awareness, especially for, you know, the players that he has. And I think that's really been the major issue. I think there's a lot of talent on this Bears team, obviously defensively. I think the offensive side of the ball, I mean, their obvious weakness is that quarterback position, but, you know, we're not talking about that right now. I think that, you know, at the wide receiver position, they do all right. You know, the running back, they're kind of thin. The offensive line is is not good. But, you know, there's mm-hmm. weapons. You know, they're not – it's not like they're starving for weapons like they were in the John Fox era. And I think that he yeah. just doesn't maximize, you know – the potential of these players and doesn't really necessarily get them ready. Maybe feel like they're part of the game plan. You know, I don't know. It just seems like people are lost and, you know, and we've really struggled with, you know, establishing any kind of rhythm, any kind of identity on offense, basically all season. Now, I mean, they've really just have not seen anything. And, you know, this is a you know, building upon issues that they had last year. So I, I just, I have to look at it. You go, you know, what has Nagy done for this team and what is the future of this team going to be under him? And, you know, it's hard to really be all that optimistic when it doesn't really seem like they've improved. Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm going to rank this as to why the Chicago bears offense is so bad, as far as the top three, I would say very first and foremost, I'm putting offensive line because Matt Nagy, at least in 2018 showed that with a somewhat capable quarterback and a somewhat capable offensive line he won coach of the year that year so I'm gonna I'm gonna give that to the offensive line number one we need to heavily improve that position that needs to be a huge offseason priority uh and then if you look at the second one I'm gonna go ahead and put mm, this is a tough one I think I'm still gonna put quarterback and then third I'm gonna put Matt Nagy I, I still I'm still I think Matt Nagy is a huge issue I think that different coaches could have a better offense with what we current with the pieces we currently have but I'm still optimistic that if he had a better offensive line and if he had a better quarterback that he would look like a much better coach I mean uh-huh. we want to look at Matt LaFleur and how Matt LaFleur is looked at yeah it's pretty easy when you have David Bakhtiari and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback to look like a competent offensive coordinator yeah, head coach. And I know what you mean by that. I just, uh, you know, I think that there's no situation that's ideal. And, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some challenges that are tougher for coaches to overcome. I mean, look at what Bill Belichick is having to do in New England. It's, you know, been tough for him. He's been struggling. So I, I think that it's, uh, 
you can't necessarily, you know, make it easy for them. And I can see where you're coming from. We're saying, you know, hey, like there's this offense is far from perfect personnel wise and and chemistry wise and all that. But at the same time, you know, it's how many excuses do you want to make for them and for how mm-hmm. long? You know, I just don't want to end yeah. up in, you know, uh, a long like coaching tenure that doesn't really seem like it's going anywhere. Yeah, and you know, there's definitely benefits of bringing in a new quarterback when you bring in a new head coach and you can kind of get the new head coach like some sort of chemistry and you can make sure they're getting a guy that they like so you know it it wouldn't be a bad idea to go ahead and you know switch it up bring in a new uh, head coach and I think that's what we're going to move on to next right now is if we do fire Matt Nagy, which Reese, are, you're on pro fire Matt Nagy, right? You're you're supporting the firing of Matt Nagy. Yeah, I mean, like right now, I don't say that they need to do it right now, but you know, at the course where this is going, I just don't want, uh, you know, by the end of the season, I could definitely support him, you know, being fired. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so yeah, I I think I'm also on that. He'd have to really show me something much different in order for me to. Uh, believe that that shouldn't be the case but as far as who should replace him uh, we you know we came up with our our own list so let's go ahead and start throwing out names I know one name that was heavily thrown out that neither you or I had was Eric Bieniemy, and I think that kind of needs to be addressed I do think that he probably will get a head coaching job but my one concern with Eric Bieniemy is just I think uh, (laughs) part of it would be I don't think we would go for another Andy Reid uh, Andy Reid coach what right after the other uh, I think that we'd probably try to switch it up a little bit in that regard find like some new different philosophy in the building but with Eric Bieniemy, I think there's questions and I think this is why he didn't become a head coach last year I think there's questions as to how much control he has with that offense and like that's the same thing we saw with Matt Nagy as he came here and he was running that really good offense with Kansas City but really how much control did Andy Reid have on that offense and then he comes to Chicago and you know certain you could say in certain ways it worked out certain ways it didn't but uh, I guess we'll have to see and that's always going to be my concern with him but Reese why don't you go ahead start us out with your first one yeah my first one is Greg Roman who is the current offensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens and I think what stands out most to me here I think what I like the the best is kind of what he has that Nagy doesn't have and I guess it's easy to kind of get wrapped up in kind of picking the next candidate that you know is a little bit different in mentality than what you currently have and I think sometimes that can be a dangerous you know kind of decision to make but mm-hmm. what I like about him is especially what he's been able to do with Lamar Jackson I just think that you know the whole Mitchell Trubisky, you know, experiment, I guess, as you would call it, or the era of Mitchell Trubisky, you kind of just wonder how it would go if it was a coach that really embraced like his skill set, you know? And Mm -hmm. I I think that that ultimately comes what Greg Roman has done in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. I mean, really revamping that offense and, and running it kind of in a non-traditional way. I mean, yeah, the NFL is moving towards that direction, but you know, it was, it was a bold move. That offense is not quite like any other offense in the league. So, you know, I just kind of like that. I like that adaptability. I think that's how you have to be in the league. I don't think, you know, kind of speaking upon why I said I'd be pro of firing Matt Nagy, where, you know, you have to make do with the people that you have. I mean, you're never going to be, you know, perfectly set up, you know, in the exact offense that you want with the exact personnel. You kind of have to, to utilize people to their best extent and hopefully try to get them to work within your system as well as, as you can. And I think that's something that Greg Roman can do. Yeah. And I think that he would be a pretty good hire. Um, I guess my, my biggest concern with 
Actually, the, the one thing that I really like about Greg Roman is he's also shown to be able to do it with multiple quarterbacks. So when he was there with Flacco, making that transition of offense from Flacco to Lamar Jackson is pretty insane. And it just continues to show that whole adaptability aspect that he has to his game, uh, or at least to his coaching style. So I, I would be okay with Greg Roman. I, I think that, you know, it would be really interesting to see how he would set this team up. Um, and But again, I, I do get a little bit concerned as far as when a team has a head coach that has their hands very involved in everything. And obviously, uh, they're in, in with the Baltimore Ravens. They have a pretty well-known coach there that has been coaching for a long time. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, do, I would be okay with Greg Roman. But ultimately, I think that I'd rather see someone else. So my uh, first and foremost, my, my top pick would probably be Brian Dable, uh, offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. And the reason why I really like Brian Dable is because he's shown us he can really develop a quarterback. I mean, Josh Allen, when he came to this league, he did not look that great. Uh, he was very inaccurate. He had a lot of inconsistencies. Uh, and Brian Dable has done a great job really building an offense around his skill set and, you know, being able to uh, really take this Buffalo Bills team to a whole different level offensively. You know, a team that was at one point kind of a laughing stock offensively. Uh, so, that, so that's been really nice. And he, he has a really good team there. And, you know, obviously with ad coach there, they don't have an offensive-minded head coach. Uh, they, they, so this offense is his offense. We know that this is his, his handprints are all over this offense and he's controlling this offense. And I really appreciate that. I think the Buffalo Bills have done a pretty good job with everything except, you know, arguably the run game. They haven't done a great job with that either. Uh, but you know, Brian Dable, I think would be a, a really good option. He's, I think he's a little older than Matt Nagy, maybe a little bit more experienced. So that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to moving towards, you know, someone that has a little bit more experience. You know, I don't necessarily need the next Sean McVay or anything mm. along those lines. And and I would be, you know, I would be happy with Brian, uh, Brian Dabble. You know, I, I think that he, you know, like you said, definitely did a good job with Josh Allen. I was with you in the fact that I didn't think he was necessarily quite NFL ready when he came into the league. But, you know, I, I think that he has improved steadily and has become, you know, I think a pretty reliable and consistent, you know, winner in this league, which, you know, says something, especially right now. I feel like there's a lot of teams that are searching for a quarterback that can ju- do just that. Um, and, and I and think, both, that, you know, what was that? Both of, these, both of these first two candidates that we both showed have experience in developing a young quarterback, right? And I mm-hmm. think that's a huge emphasis we need to have. Yeah, definitely, and I think that just really kind of shows the kind of traje- trajectory that we want this team to be on, and I think that he really fits that that mold, and, you know, I, I would be happy with, honestly, either of the oh, those options, Roman or Dabble. I think that, like you said, they're kind of similar in that right. You're not necessarily saying that their offensive schemes are similar, but, you know, off- or, you know similar in the way that they've gone about things. So I'll go uh, into my next one, which is Byron Leftwich, uh, former Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, um, but current <laughs> offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I, I think the one you know concern that kind of jumps out, I guess, would be you know experience you know in the league. I mean, he is kind of a newer name, and 
Mm-hmm. Currently working with Tom Brady down in uh, Tampa Bay. I think that's a pretty positive relationship, and I think that you know that offense has gotten going well. And you know, once again, that's a bit of a different offense to have to go from. You know, Jameis isn't wasn't necessarily a very mobile quarterback, and neither was Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was taking snaps a while there. But you know, it's different to change things up for Tom Brady just because you know he's really not doing a whole lot of moving. He's really kind of a statue in that pocket. Um, you know, but he's done well with a lot of weapons there. I mean, he's got a lot on his platter. He doesn't really have to, to worry about too much. They don't have the, the greatest O-line of all time, but, you know, that offense is riddled with weapons. I, mm-hmm. I think this would be a, a second choice to Greg Roman for me. I don't think I'm necessarily over the moon with Byron Leftwich, but I could mm-hmm. see some positives developing, you know, especially him taking it over. I think maybe it just might be a bit uh, a tad too soon for him, possibly. Yeah, Byron, I... I don't know. Actually, I don't know a ton about if he's calling plays for Tampa Bay. I don't know exactly their whole offensive situation there. But same thing. I'm a little bit concerned with Bruce Arians. Obviously, very notable head coach. Someone that should have been the Bears head coach, but we won't get into that. And, uh, he, you know, Byron, I think that he's shown a lot of potential. But again, I... I would like to maybe see him find a coordinator job elsewhere or maybe like just to be able to kind of see how it plays out when he has his hands completely on this offense by himself. Um, I'm just kind of concerned. But on the opposite hand, Byron also, he has a ton of, you know, he's going to have a ton of influence from Bruce Arians. So you can kind of play it the opposite way. Like he may have more experience because he's worked with, you know, an offensive mastermind like Bruce Arians. Uh, So he'd definitely be like, he would honestly probably be three or four on my list. Um, But he's up there. He's up there for sure. And, you know, that Tampa Bay offense looks really good. Ronald Jones looks really good. The run game, the the passing game, uh, obviously, yeah, they're they're riddled with weapons. But the one the one other concern I have with Byron is we haven't really seen him develop a quarterback either. I mean, his uh, his time with Jameis Winston obviously wasn't the best, but he still brought made Jameis a much better quarterback than what he was prior. So uh, Byron Leftwich, he's up there, but not uh, not one of my top candidates. And actually. I'd probably say my second top candidate is actually going to be a defensive head coach, which I think is, you know, kind of risky because typically when you have a defensive head coach, you open up your offense to a lot of inconsistencies. Um, But that's Matt Eberflus, a defense coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts currently. I just, what I've seen him do with the amount of talent that the Colts have, I think is just ridiculous. Because, you know, this Colts team, yeah, they they have some talent, right? But really just his scheme and his uh, coaching seem to be what lift them up to being one of the top defenses in the league, right? They, they Look at uh, Xavier Rhodes comes in this year, instantly starts having one of the best seasons of his career. Uh, I mean, it's he has done a really, really good job at defensive coordinator. And you almost got to get in the mindset of, hey, if we have all these defensive pieces right now, you know, all of our money is invested in the defense. Why don't we just try to find the best person for this defense? Uh, so I don't I don't necessarily think that'd be a bad idea, but ideally I would like to see an offensive coordinator uh, come in and be our head coach because I think it's a lot harder to, to have any sort of consistency on offense when you open yourself up to good offense, offensive coordinators being poached from you. 
Yeah, and I almost like that route as well. I mean, not necessarily Ganton as a person, but I almost like the route of having a defensive head coach. And you could still bring in some of these names that are offensive coordinators that are maybe looking to kind of get their break as a like primary play caller and get mm-hmm. their name out there. Because surely if they can turn this Bears offense around, they're going to be a pretty hot candidate. I mean, just look when Adam mm-hmm. Gase had one successful year with the Bears offense. I mean, he was instantly, you know, the next hot name to be a head coaching candidate. So I think Absolutely. that, you know, you know, any of those possible coordinators could still move over and obtain that, you know, play calling position as coordinator. And then you could have, you know, Eaterfus as that, you know, head coach that, you know, maybe is calling defensive plays, maybe isn't, um, but still has that kind of strong kind of conceptual or kind of strategic uh, vision for the defense and, and also for like the team as well. Um, I think they can seem a bit regressive in today's NFL, but also I think they can definitely work and, you know, you bring up a good point, you know, if the majority of your strengths are on defense and, you know, it looks like your offense is going nowhere, you know, why necessarily try to, to counter it and why not go with what's going to work? So I think that it's an interesting proposition for sure. The one, the one other name I want to throw out, which it would be a huge risk, but I think it also might have the highest ceiling is the Panthers OC right now, Joe Brady. Because he, I'm pretty sure he's like 32 years old. He's extremely young. This is his first like full-time coordinator job. But what he has done with the Panthers this year, with the lack of talent that they have, with the, you know, patchwork offensive line, just bringing in a free agent quarterback, they're ranking in the top 15 in almost every single category this year. And then they bring in... uh, uh, old Bears running back that we just played. What's his name? Mike Davis. Yeah, Mike right? Davis. Yeah. You, you bring in Mike, Mike Davis, and Mike Davis all of a sudden looks like a star, right? I think that he is extremely talented as an offensive mind. But again, my concern is simply, is he the... Is he is, is he experienced enough to really take over the head coaching job? A head coaching job, yet? But I also think that he has tons of potential. Yeah. No, I mean, for sure. I, I think that, like you said. And I he mean, also he's... has a Saints link, too. So that with Ryan Pace, if Ryan Pace is still the, the GM, which I think he should be, in my opinion. A lot of people are going to disagree with that. If Ryan Pace is still the GM, that is a pairing that might just work because he's going to know Ryan Pace. Yeah, that's true, and and I like what he's done with, you know, like you said, not a lot. I mean, of course, he's got Christian McCaffrey, who's kind of had a little bit of health issues at the beginning of this year. Um, but, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, he's not necessarily an elite quarterback. I think he has talent, but like you said, he hasn't really – he's been, been able to accomplish a good bit with probably pieces he's been able to extract more from the news expects. So, yeah, he's definitely done a good job. So, yeah, he's, he's someone that I would definitely be interested in us looking into, someone who completely controls that offense. And, uh, but, again, experience is a little bit concerned. Being a head coach is much different than being an offensive coordinator. You have a lot of other things you have to handle. But, yeah, definitely someone that's high up there. So let's go ahead and move on. I, and I think that, man, I, I have to say I don't think we change head coach. I, I really don't. Unless, unless things go extremely bad over the next couple of weeks, I, I just can't really imagine us firing Matt Nagy. I'm almost positive we'll keep Ryan Pace because honestly, and I think we should because I think Ryan Pace over the past couple of years has shown that he can get a lot of talent on a team with little draft picks and he's really grown as a GM. But uh, let, let's just go ahead and move on. 
free agents in 2021 the Bears must look to sign now obviously uh, this next year we're probably going to be having a bunch of changes and you know this is going to be from the offensive line there's going to be a lot of current players that we might trade or let walk and bring in new talent and drafting new players there's going to be a lot of changes probably across the entire offense maybe some of the defense um so yeah let's just go ahead and rattle them off we have four free agents in 2021 uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and start this one my top one and i truthfully believe there's a solid chance he hits the free agent market obviously all this is predicated on the fact that these players hit free agency and that's david bakhtiari the packers right now are in a lot of trouble when it comes to cap space uh, they just gave kenny clark a massive extension aaron Rodgers is taking up a ton of their cap uh, and then Aaron Jones, he's going to need a contract. David Bakhtiari is going to need a contract. And a, a, a couple other pieces on the team are going to need contracts as well. So with that in mind, one of these guys are going to have to go. Either Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, potentially even Aaron Rodgers. And while some may point to Aaron Rodgers and say, look, they just drafted a quarterback, went as a first-round quarterback, sat for over one year in the NFL. It just seems like the writing's on the wall. That may not necessarily be the case. They might go, go ahead and say, hey, we're having a lot of success with Aaron. Let's go ahead and keep him and, you know, roll forward. David Bakhtiari, I mean, best left, left tackle in the league. For an offensive line that is struggling, adding him over, uh, you know, Charles Leno Jr. is a huge upgrade. And then maybe if you keep Charles Leno Jr., you can swing him out to right tackle, and he'd be a great right tackle. He's, if he's athletic enough to play left tackle, putting him at right tackle is going to be an easy job for him. Then this offensive line has this compounding effect. We have just a ton. It, the offensive line goes from being, you know, a, a not great one to probably one of the most highly talented ones in the league, dare I say. Yeah, it would definitely be a step up. And, you know, I like where you're thinking with the offensive line. I think that, yeah, I mean, it, it would be certainly be a huge step up from Bakhtiari to, you know, Charles Leonard Jr. And I think you're right on with being able to move him to the right side. I think, you know, that definitely would work really well. Um, you know, it, me personally, I still concern mostly about the interior of the line. Although I think, you know, someone like Cody Whitehair is good and will be out mm-hmm. there for a while. I think James Daniels is, uh, you know, I believe in him. I think he's decent. Um, I think we're seeing, you know, a little bit of a hole that he's leaving, but I wouldn't necessarily count on him, you know, in the future. So I'd be fine with replacing him as well. So that's kind of why I was thinking guard, you know, my first player is going to be Joe Thune, who is currently on new England 28. Mm. Um, you know, of course, assuming he hits the market, I think that this is kind of around the age range that I think the Bears could really benefit from using a good, you know, balance of, you know, older and kind of younger um, offensive linemen. Um, you know, I think it'd be good for them to go out and draft them as well. And usually, you know, you can generally scout pretty well for offensive linemen. But I think that shoring up with some veteran experience would definitely be a, a, a solid thing. And I, I think really, you know, this year has kind of shown that you need, you know, probably not just five solid offensive linemen but like six or seven you need a couple yeah yeah you're definitely gonna you're definitely gonna be relying on on people to jump in and you know if it's a crucial piece of offensive line that goes down it definitely hurts or it definitely helps to have you know someone that's you know very you know familiar and good at that position to step in and you know i think that he would definitely help uh you know help increase that a good bit it was it was kind of tough because i felt that with James Daniels I thought when he was in I I didn't think the offense offensive line was that horrible really I thought that it was improved I thought it was 
you know, probably kind of middle of the road. Um, so that's why, you know, I was I was thinking that maybe, you know, we keep James Daniels, maybe we keep uh, if Eddie and we go ahead and just throw someone at the tackle position. Um, as always, adding Joe Thune or whoever it may be, it's going to have a compounding effect. So that, that's the thing with offensive line is so much about it is it's kind of similar to defense where so much about it has to do with chemistry and the lack of a specific weakness than it does with having stars across the board. It's so much it's so much more predicated on having solid men at each position. Uh, so, yeah, I think adding Joe Thune would be a big impact. So I'm going to go ahead and give my second one. And I'm going to explain myself after this because I am very pro-draft the quarterback. Uh, but that, my second one is Dak Prescott. You know, I, I think that I, – and I have to admit, I'm not a huge Dak Prescott fan. Uh, I think he's good. Uh, I think he's good enough. I think he can – he's probably about middle-of-the-road quarterback, maybe slightly better than that, like probably between 10 to 15 in the NFL. But he's been pretty consistent and pretty consistently – above average which is something that the bears have probably never had right the bears have never had that uh, as a, as a quarterback so if we look to sign him yeah it's going to be a huge check we have to write out to him it's going to be a big one too we're going to be really you know banking our future on him being good but at the end of the day this team has a defense that's ready to roll and bringing in a quarterback like that uh, might just be the piece that we need to add beyond that if we go ahead and uh, get Dak Prescott we can draft more offensive linemen wide receiver talent we could spend all these draft picks on areas of need that we have outside of the quarterback which I think would be huge as well and it's going to take a little bit of restructuring of the team to be able to bring him in so there are going to be some names that we know and love maybe Allen Robinson maybe you know Kyle Fuller that we talked about that are going to have to be moved in order to bring him in but at the end of the day uh, having an above average quarterback is probably enough for this defense yeah, I think that, you know, it's an interesting name to, to bring into it. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I don't mind Dak. Like you said, I'm not over the moon about him. I think that, you know, he probably is along the lines that, you know, you said he is in for the league, you know, in that 10 to 15 range, you know, but he definitely is a step up from what the Bears have right now. That's for sure. I think that, you know, he gives you a lot more upside and potential still too, you know, than anyone that the Bears have on right now. I mean, obviously, I think the Bears have a pretty good idea what they have in with Mitch, and I think we, we know what Nick Foles is, and I think that Dak Prescott certainly has a higher ceiling than either of them. And like you said, if you go out and draft a quarterback, you know, then, you know, you kind of have a decent room there. I mean, Dak Prescott, who, who has experience, but still really isn't that old, and you know, I'd say still has upside and then definitely, you know, a draft pick that you're really hoping can potentially be a franchise quarterback. Um, and like you said, I mean, really, they need to draft and focus on the offense this coming season. So, you know, changing up things on the offense, I think, isn't out of question. And, you know, I, I know Nick Foles is technically on for two years, but there's definitely ways that they can get him out after one. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, going after Dak Prescott is, is uh, you know, maybe a little side of outside of the park, you know, or, you know, outside of the bun thinking if you're a big Taco Bell fan, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, my next uh, player is Brandon Scherf, who is a 29-year-old offensive guard on the Washington multi -time football Multi-time all-pro. Yeah, multi-time all-pro. A little bit bigger name. I, I feel like, you know, you're probably going to have to spend a, a decent amount of money. I'm not 100% sure if he'll even hit the market. But, you know, if the Bears were able to bring him in, I mean, he's certainly someone that is definitely going to, you know, sure up that interior of the offensive line and then some. I think that 
like you said, I mean, I would definitely be happy to have, you know, the offensive line of the Bears going from one of the biggest weaknesses to one of the biggest strengths. Um, so I, I definitely think that bringing in Brian Scherf would be a, a big improvement. Yeah, and I think that the Bears certainly need to add a high pick at guard or a high pick at right to, or at tackle and then a either the opposite in free agency. I think they need to add two pieces to this offensive line, and I think it could impact them greatly. I mean, this is a pretty young offensive line uh, up front with Cody Whitehair, James Daniels. James Daniels is like, what, 22? He's extremely young. Um, and and then, yeah, add a, add a high pick at guard, add a high pick at tackle or something like that. And just add two pieces, you know, maybe let go uh, for the time being. Uh, right tackle Bobby Massey, uh, let him go. And then let, you know, Charles Leno Jr. and whoever fight out for the left tackle, right tackle spot. Uh, it could really benefit this team, and I think it would really benefit this offensive line. Um so yeah, I'd, I'd be a big fan of that. And I think ultimately we're kind of hitting on where this offense needs to improve most. I'd rather see them really go hard at quarterback and offensive line than try to spend big money adding more receiver talent. Um, I, the, one, the one thing that I wouldn't mind is adding some more running back talent, but uh, ultimately over receiver, tight end, all that talent, I, I think that it's a, much, it's a much higher need that we need to improve the offensive line uh, because I think without that, everything else is null, so it, it wouldn't really matter. Yeah, and with the running backs and all that, I can, that can be done cheap. You know, I think that can be done in later rounds of the draft Definitely. and also pretty small free agency deals. So I don't think it's anything you should really, you know, stress yourself out, you know, a lot. You know, I mean, how many different running backs have we talked about that have hit free agency already this year at the Bears could have went out and gotten. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think 100% of the focus needs to be a quarterback position and the offensive line. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap up the show with just talking about the Saints game. Uh, no Allen Robinson, potentially no Cody Whitehair. Uh, we're going to be missing some pieces. Weird thing is, is that I'm still confident that they could potentially win this game. I, I don't think the Saints are all that great of a team. And especially in Chicago, you know, the whole thing with Drew Brees outside of the Dome. Uh, and then the fact that it didn't it snow in Chicago just like the other day. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I mean, we got like a little so bit. So if of that snow. happens, if that happens, I think this is the Bears all the way. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't want to be too confident because, you know, if offense comes out and performs like they did, you know, this past Monday, they have no chance. Um, We're so bad. Surely they need to improve. I mean, this offense needs to come out looking like a different team in order to win this game. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure where to be at. I'm not really sure if I can necessarily trust them to bounce back. Um, You know, they did, you know, after they lost against the Colts, they looked good against the Buccaneers. So maybe this team does have some resiliency, but I'm not sure. This one Mm -hmm. feels a little bit different. I'm a little bit more on the fence on this one. Um, You know, I I don't necessarily fear the Saints either, but I just know if you give Drew Brees, you know, enough attempts where the Bears aren't necessarily putting up any points and you just keep giving him the ball, he's eventually going to score. So, you know, I just, that's the one thing that's really in my mind. Yeah, that that is a little bit concerning. Um, Obviously, Drew Brees has not been the Drew Brees of old this season, but he's still a good quarterback. And yeah, if our offense looks anything like it did, this previous week we are completely screwed <laughs> so ultimately uh what's what's your final pick bears or saints you know what i i'm actually i'm gonna go with the saints you know i, I my prediction okay. is i think saints 
28, Bears 17, I think. Wow. That would be pretty brutal. I think that the Bears are going to win. I, I I don't know a score projection. I'm not good at those, but I think that the Bears will win. I think it'll be a tight game, uh, but ultimately I think they'll pull through and I think we'll come on our reaction podcast talking about how well Matt Nagy, how good of a coach Matt Nagy is, but no, um, ultimately I do think that uh, the Bears end up winning this one and uh, ultimately just, you know, kind of shift the talking point again. Like, is this a good team? Is it not a good team? Truthfully, uh, there, there's a part of me that wouldn't mind if we just lost the rest of our games so we could just get a good quarterback or something uh, yeah. for once. Uh, but uh, I think that we are going to continue to play ourselves into purgatory. Um, and yes, I think that we will win this game. Um, but one last thing I want to mention before we wrap up the show is, uh, man, I just have a feeling the Bears aren't going to do anything at the trade deadline, even though it looks like that, that's the number one thing they need to be focused on right now. Yeah, probably not. I mean, the Bears have never really been a trade deadline team, and I just don't really get the feeling. I haven't heard any rumors, never really heard any links or anything. Just kind of get the feeling that it's going to be pretty quiet over here. Well, and I also heard that uh, that the Packers just got a notification. The Packers are looking at Will Fuller, which uh, is not going to be uh, a great addition if they make that for the Bears right now. But, yeah, and also one last thing before we wrap it up. When are we going to activate Lamar Miller? I don't know. He's been kind of just living in that practice squad for a bit. So seems like we're in desperate need of him right now, and he's just nowhere to be found. Maybe he's injured. Maybe he's not. But whatever, guys. Uh, well, hopefully we can have a more positive podcast next week. So thank you guys so much. We know this is a little bit of a quicker show, but we can go go ahead and let you guys out of class early and uh, you know before the bell. So there you go. And uh, we appreciate you guys supporting us. Uh, we're going to try to be more consistent as to our upload times. And uh, bear down, guys. Bear down.